0: Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein, I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a chile and I love films. As Anais Nin once said... We write to taste life twice, in the moment and in retrospect. And we watch Vertigo twice, once to experience it, then twice to break down its themes and work it out. It's actually quite a complicated plot, so the first time you're sort of like, what's going on? And then you need to watch it again to go, oh, no, really, it's about men and women and sort of sexual desire. It's quite a voyeuristic, quite strange uh, study of sort of um, human sexuality. And uh, Anyway, wow, yeah, that is profound, Anais. That is a classic film for sure. Demands a rewatch, certainly. Thank you. Every week, I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. But this week, it is the very special, very timely Films of 2021 special with Nish Kumar, part two. Find out our top tens and all sorts of stuff. There's a Patreon to the show at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you get extra long episodes, secrets from the guests, and whole episodes uncut and free. You can check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. But this week, I am including the Patreon section in the mains because why not give you a treat every now and then? Do you know what I mean? Lovely people, you're listening. I appreciate you. So this is it. The second and last part of me and Nish Kumar going over the films of the year 2021. I loved recording it. I love hanging out with Nish. He's fucking brilliant. I love recording these. Wish there were more years that we could do. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 199 of films to be buried with. What was your most special experience
2: watching a film this year, the year being 2021, of course? It's is a film that I'm delighted to talk about because I think it's really, really great, and I hope more people go and see it. Black Bear. So last year, very kindly, the Glasgow Film Festival invited me to watch another film that I really, really loved, uh, Minari. They were like, uh, we're Lamp- doing Lamp- a Lamp- virtual Lamp- premiere. Would you like to watch it? I said, absolutely. I love Watch Minari, absolutely loved it. The good thing, and this is a shameless plea uh, to film distributors, if you give me one free thing, I will almost certainly pay you money in something else. So having gone into the kind of online portal, which was really nice. It was nice that film festivals did this and Glasgow did a great job of like building an online film portal. So it felt like you were participating in a festival while we were all in lockdown. And so I watched the premiere of Minari that was the kind of opening night, of the festival screening. And then I sort of scrolled down to the menu of films available and I saw Black Bear and I, a huge Aubrey Plaza fan, as every right thinking person should be. And I I, and I, watched the trailer and I thought, oh, interesting seems to be a bit more of a dramatic tone. But, you know, she's still going to be funny in it. And it's this, that and the other. And it seems to be this kind of fraught, almost like a play with three characters in it. And I didn't know anything else about it. It's quite, it's a difficult film to talk about. And it's a difficult film specifically to talk about with the experience of it, but the sheer thrill of realizing that you have no idea what this film is about to do to you Mm. and where the film is about to go. And the turn it takes halfway through, it made me feel so glad and excited. And it made me think, I fucking love movies. (laughs) I Ah, fucking love them. And I don't love, I don't love movies. You know, there are things that films can do and it isn't just about, you know, a monster eating a building or something. There are things that films can do because they have a strict running time that a television series just can't do. And Black Bear is an example of something that cinema can do, which is completely flip the narrative, the structure and the content of a film on its head halfway through. There's just a moment, and again, I wouldn't want to give too much away, but there's a moment where I suddenly realised I didn't know what this film was, and I'd been watching it for half an hour. And it's it's a film about the act of filmmaking and storytelling. And uh, there are times where I find that kind of um, meta-commentary exhausting. Uh, but I think the reason that this film works is I think her performance is extraordinary. It's really two performances, Mm -hmm. And they're both absolutely incredible. And I think it's such a wonderful sort of showcase for her as a performer, particularly because she really is in almost every frame of this film and she has to do a lot and she has to make us care about something that could easily have disappeared up its own ass um, and become essentially an essay about storytelling but the fact that it is something more visceral, I think is hugely because of her performance in it. I, I, and it just made me think, I just fucking love movies.
0: You're a clever boy, aren't you? What a clever boy. <laughs> He's right clever, this one. Uh, uh, I think, well, so I had two, but I think the one they'll go with, because it was a very like lovely thing, particularly because most people there hadn't been to the cinema in since the pandemic Uh and it was Brendan Hunt who plays Coach Beard. It was his partner's birthday and yeah. we were in America's and there's a place called the Alamo Draft House, which is a particular kind yeah. of cinema I'd always read about and always dreamt of going to where they sort of have tables and service. Ha- you get service, which I'm not keen on because I don't want to be interrupted. But anyway, at least it's yeah. a nice idea. And, yeah. uh <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd hired this small screening room for the day of West Side Story, when West Side Story came out. Wow. And so, I don't know, 40 of us went. And so it was her birthday, so that was nice. We were all together and we watched day one of West Side Story. And what was particularly like, it was, A, it was lovely all being together and having that experience. And then we all came out, like, dance, you know, doing impressions of uh, yeah. the Jets, the way they walk. And then, but, <laughs> like, what was really funny, kind of funny about it is, for some reason... Everyone was sceptical about West Side Story. I've forgotten this, but everyone, because the original is a near masterpiece and everyone loves it and it was like, why is he making this? And then from the opening 10 seconds of the film, you're like, oh yeah, I've completely forgotten. Steven Spielberg's really good at making films. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's, yeah. oh, of course, he's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And Why on earth did we doubt this? It's such a good film. So well made. And the script, I think, is brilliant. I think all the updates they did to the to the script Tony Kushner did are very smart. And it's just brilliant. It's a really, really, really good film. And funny that we ever were worried that Steven Spielberg might I, not be I very good.
2: 100% worried that it wasn't being very good. Yeah. Genuinely. Why, why, did we? And also, like, I love... I loved what spielberg has done with the kush love the kush yeah love the kush good
0: with the kush
2: and yeah i love love uh lincoln love bridge of spies love munich love what and, and love the fact that he has this relationship with the kush where he sort of goes and does you know like ready player one or something and then he and then he like okay now we get serious come on, kush. Come the on, kush, kush. Let's do serious i've got a serious one. idea <laughs> come on come on kush we got a serious one brewing no, 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 it's not, it's not video game shit. We're brewing a serious one, Kush. I've got another and, brew, another
0: serious one, right, right. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, I can, feel,
2: I can feel a serious one coming. Get ready, Kush. Get, <laughs> get the pen out, Kush. Get the pen out, Kush. Get the heavy pens. <laughs> Spielberg's got a serious one on the brew. Um, <laughs> so I didn't see what the point was of getting Kushner to do And again, you're mm. like, why would Tony Kushner do, neither Tony Kushner nor Steven Spielberg needs to do this. As soon as you start watching, you like the updates are so smart. It's yeah. great because I, you know, I love the the original is incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It is great that they haven't just popped mm-hmm. some boot polish on some Greeks. Yeah, uh, it's it really, it's does really lovely. Different. It yeah. uh, it really does. It really is lovely. It's really nice to see uh, Hispanic performers. Ariana DeBose is great. I, I really love. I know, you know. So somewhere, yeah. which is like one of my least favorite songs in the Whoa. show, which I always think is quite boring, having Rita Moreno sing it, I thought was brilliant. It was so yeah, it, it, it was just so good. And I also love the fact that Anita is the Joker for ladies. It's the part. It, it's it's the part you got to play to win an Oscar. <laughs> you want a, you ladies. want an Oscar? Are you a man? Pop yourself in the Joker. Are you a lady? Uh, Anita. Special
0: shout out for Mike Faced, the leader of the Jets, who is fucking brilliant and i don't know why he wasn't nominated for all sorts
2: yes yeah he was great so yeah good. really
0: really good and rachel ziegler zegler rachel zegler ziegler rachel Ziegler. yeah who is brilliant and uh, and she also they all should have had they all should have
2: got awards give them all the awards yeah i hope people watch it i mean i the only thing that i'd say is because it's now on disney plus it's very available to people but it's good watching it in the cinema That the opening shots, you know, the kind of there's like crane shots, and Mm. you know, the all of the dance sequences, and it's yeah, it's great, it's very good. Steven Spielberg can make films, guys. He turns out Steven Spielberg's quite good. (laughs) He's quite good at directing films. So keep it anyway. Keep an eye out for him. I
0: think he's. (laughs) I'm really excited to see what he's going to do next. Black Bear and Steven Spielberg. Uh, what's the sexiest film
2: of the year 2021? <laughs> Brett, here is something I never thought I would find myself saying. I never thought I would have the word uh, sexy and Wes Anderson. But Ooh. let me tell you, French Dispatch, you know. Very wordy old, and you're very clever. Good old Lea Seydoux. She's a very attractive lady. And you know, what do I like, Brett? A mean French lady. Just a mean French lady. Yeah. She's very sexy in it. And just a mean French lady, I liked it a lot.
0: My sexiest film, I believe, is Drive My Car. In the first part of Drive My Car, the husband and wife, there is a sex a scene of a sexual nature in which she tells him a story about being a lamprey, and uh, yeah. and sort of at, sort of is a lamprey on him, and it's very sex, <laughs> it's a very sexy, and he and it's very complicated because he's he knows she's having a, had an affair. Yeah. He hasn't said anything. And she's, she's being, I mean, it's a very, it's a great scene. That's nothing troubling about that. That's a sexy scene, right? Straight up. That's that's nothing troubling about that. Yeah. Yeah. She's a lamprey. I didn't know what that was, but then the film tells you. So, and then you see it. I didn't think that was troubling at all. Lovely film. Lovely, sexy, sexy, lovely film. Now, everyone's (laughs) favorite category traveling boners, worrying wide ons. You're always very good at this.
2: Tell her. I'll tell you, Brett. I'll be frank with you. Kristen Stewart as Diana. Like it's a movie. <laughs> Spencer is a film about a lady being sad. Yeah, she's very. I, I don't sad know what to tell you. The film, a lot. It's a, a film about a sad lady. I don't know what to tell you. Princess Diana was a great beauty in my youth. <laughs> I was very young. I was very young. I was. Uh, she's a beautiful woman of my youth mm-hmm. that before I really knew that I was uh, attracted to people. She made a real impression on me, and Kristen Stewart as Diana. It all worked for me, and I don't feel good about it. OK, that's you, my quote for Spencer. It, it all worked for me and I don't feel good about it. <laughs>
0: you are very good at
2: this question. But
0: say what you like. Say what you like about Nish Kumar. Yes, he does politics. Yes, he's very clever, but he's very honest about a travelling boner. You can't take that away from him. Well done. That is a travelling boner because there's also... Absolutely nothing in the film of a sexual nature. No. It's mostly a very unhappy no. woman, very no. stressed and bulimic. Yeah. So, yeah, all sorts of yeah. problems going on there, Nish. I'm glad did I, have we doubled the question, up the therapy. The dreadful was the bonus I'm and troubling bonus. Well. And you, true to form, did your homework properly <laughs> to get an A grade. <laughs> I've got one troubling... It's not a troubling. I, I was I actually, I've forgotten this one should have also been in the sexies, because there's nothing troubling about this, and then I'll give you the troubling one. The film yeah. Annette. Have you seen Annette? Uh, no, it is this is the Sparks. The Sparks, Sparks yeah. musical Leo Carricks, and yeah. it has Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard, and oh, Maria. it's fucking brilliant and weird and mad, and I really loved it. And within it, uh, Adam Driver, there's a duet between Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard where he sings into her vagina... <laughs> Whilst holding nothing her trouble about that? absolutely nothing yeah. told about it. He sings, and what he's singing is, "We love each other so much." Lovely. Nothing, Perfect. nothing more romantic yeah. than yeah. singing into a woman's vagina. We love each other yeah. so much. And yeah. for me, that was not only the most romantic moment in film, but also the sexiest <laughs> and worth watching. Just is that that is that the best bit of the film? No, there's even more to see. I bed,
2: <laughs> Annette. But this uh, is what you're offering. As a troubling boner, Brett. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: you, not... Then, then, I would, then I would put the entire film Titane. <laughs>
2: yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking.
0: Titane. Now,
2: now Muhammad know. Ali is coming up against <laughs> Joe Frazier, as opposed to Muhammad Ali fighting a literal baby. <laughs> now we're talking.
0: Titane, uh, a French film where a woman has sex... With a car, on a car, and through a car, and yeah. becomes a car, and yeah. it sort of gets off with someone that could be a dad and kills lots of people. It's a, I mean, it is one. The film
2: could also be called Travelling Bonaire <laughs> with an accent. Yeah, yeah, it is Le Travelling Bonaire. Say, <laughs> say, so, so vraiment une Travelling Bonaire. <laughs> <laughs> a very Travelling Bonaire of a film from 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 start to finish. And yeah. uh, a very good film. Well, yeah, very good. But and gleeful in its embrace one. of its troubling bonus status as well. It's
0: screaming from the rooftops.
2: Uh, troubling yeah, bonus. It it's not is. shy yeah, about it. Is. Yeah. It's
0: saying, "Come on in
2: and yeah. bring
0: loose fitting
2: trousers." I, I think I remember seeing a picture like the this sort of an image from the film of her like on in a bikini, sort of writhing on a car when mm. it when it was released at Cannes, and I remember clearly seeing that image and going. That's troubling bonus, award. Right? Not since Cameron Diaz in The Counsellor
0: has someone yeah. really gone for it with a car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's uh, uh, your double feature.
0: <laughs> That's Brett's a programming
2: time. season. You should program a series of troubling bonus. <laughs> you could double program The Counsellor to 10.
0: What is the greatest film? Of the year, maybe not your
2: favorite, but the the way he thinks the greatest. This is so hard isn't for me. It? For me, Brett, it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me. It's potentially drive my car. Okay, I mean, but it's a it's a hard one to pick because again, we as always, we're stuck between greatest and favorite, okay. and which one do we distinguish between the two of them? I'll tell you what, I'll save drive my car for fav- for favorite. I, I mean, okay. I've just said it now, but. I'll say, uh, for Greatest Film, I'll say Petite Maman, the Celine Chiyama movie. Very which good choice. I just I just thought one extraordinary film couldn't be more different in so many ways from Portrait of a Woman on Fire. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that it also 70 minutes. It's 70 only 70 minutes, minutes and yeah. so much gets covered in it. And I mean, it's presented through the eyes of a child who... thinks that while she's staying, she thinks she's made a friend. There is an element that this friend, it may be a ghost. It may be a memory that's been brought to life. It gets into stuff like, wouldn't we all like to meet our parents as young people to see Mm -hmm. what they were like and how they became the people that they had wanted to become. So there's a kind of wish fulfillment thing that I think every child goes through at some point in their adolescence. It's a beautiful film about grief. It's a beautiful film about mothers but it's a beautiful film about kids interacting with each other and the kids are great and you, it's fun watching them mm. muck around with each other so there's a real like joy and playfulness to it it also features i think probably one of the single heaviest exchanges of dialogue i've ever seen in a film so for all this like real beauty and yeah. there's warmth and real lightness to it there's a point where a child is saying to a mother uh, of their recently died grandmother that la- she says the last goodbye wasn't good because I didn't know and the mother says she didn't know either and then the kid says we can't know and then the mother says you're right we can't know and I remember watching that in the mm-hmm. cinema thinking well merci beaucoup Celine I'm going to go and think about that for the rest of my fucking <laughs> life we can't we can't know mm-hmm. awful awful stuff but what a beautiful <laughs> the piece of filmmaking. of lines yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> truly, truly, a parent's double bill. The father and Petit Maman. Um, no, but petit what, a, what a beautiful brilliant. film and what a lovely piece of, you know, a ghost story that's also a family drama and just what a what a beautiful piece of work. There's a really, really good thing about it, like I was thinking as a,
0: as a lesson for writers and directors and stuff, the idea of people being nice to each other... <sighs> you hear lots of people say what makes me cry is people being kind to each other rather than yeah, yeah, tragedy or whatever, you know, sad yeah. things. You go, there's, a, there's just a thing that tells all, you about all the Spider-Mans.
2: Characters. Those are the, those the things Spider-Man's. that make people cry. People being nice to each other, cruelty <laughs> or Spider-Mans.
0: Spider-Man. Yeah. But the, the opening of the film tells you so much about this kid and she's, she says goodbye to everyone in the care home as she leaves. And then you're yeah. on the mum who is driving the car and there's no dialogue really. I don't think. And this hand keeps coming to frame from the back seat. And the kid is just handing sweets to the mum, like hands are a sweet and then hands are another sweet. And it's such a just good bit of storytelling and tells you about the character. Like it's kind of funny and it's very, very sweet. And the kid knows that the mum is sad and it's her looking after the mum. It tells you so much in just one
2: shot. It's fucking brilliant. Great. Great. And it's all from the kid's perspective as well. And so you don't, you sort of lose, you you know, the mum kind of disappears because she's going, she's working her own stuff out. Anyway beautiful what was your greatest film
0: well I got three so I'm gonna make one of my favorites so let's say the special mention close very close was the power of the dog which I really loved it's proper film felt like a book a film that felt like a book uh, <laughs> 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 like you know it felt like a novel what? like well,
2: really developed oh, right, characters. yeah that... and... <laughs> yeah yeah I think from you say that. novelistic is very different from quotes it felt like a book you know, right it felt felt like a thing. book <laughs>
0: The Power of the Dog felt like a
2: book anyway. <laughs> oh, God, everyone's just talking to us. What is this, a book?
0: <laughs> it felt like so many words. Really good, really good film. You liked it.
2: No, I just felt, I felt all of those things as I was watching it, Uh where I was like, good, st- oh, good, stuff. This is good. good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. In that way where you're like sort of secretly not really connecting with the movie. <laughs> yeah, because And it's then good. it ends, and then it ends, and you go... Fuck yeah, oh, Campion! You little piece of shit! You've done it again. Like it, I, yeah. I it's it is so good. It, it is because it just puts the whole uh, film into a completely different perspective. I saw it without really knowing too much about it again, which I think is it is a good movie for. It is a good movie for not knowing too, a huge amount going in. I, I I thought it was great. Yes, very good film. Uh, it's a very late contender. I saw it very late, and I put off seeing it because.
0: I will say hand on heart. It sounded boring. It looks boring. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's going to be a heavy, boring film. And I put off seeing it, put off seeing it. I couldn't quite understand. Anyway, the film is passing. And I think it's fucking brilliant. And I watched it quite late. And I was like, oh, this is an amazing film. This is an excellent film. And why haven't we been talking about it? It's so stylish it is directed by Rebecca Hall it is in black and white it is about two old friends both black but one of them is passing for white and she bumps into her friend and it is very uh what's the word ambiguous there's so much ambiguity going on there's an awful lot that is unsaid there is so much to uh, that is about what is not being said. It's about longing. There's a thing that Tessa Thompson does. Again, this is another example of, there was a lot of talk of Ruth Neger in the in the other role. It's yeah. like, oh, she's amazing, she's amazing. And she is amazing. But I think there wasn't enough talk about Tessa Thompson, who because she's doing the quiet performance. But what yeah. Tessa Thompson is doing for most of the film is watching. She's We are yeah. watching her watch. And she's fucking brilliant. And the film has so many things to say. It says very subtly. It leaves you with a lot to question. It's kind of so much about longing from every angle. It's about longing and belonging and this idea of wanting something to be a way that it isn't and being proud of something else. It's, I think it's really good and it stayed with me much longer than a film that I really liked when I saw it and haven't thought about since. Passing I yeah, film right. about. And that's why I'm like, I think that might be my word. And because it's so right. kind of small, it's at 90 minutes, I think, but very ambitious and so stylish and the acting is, is very stylized. Everything about it is stylized, but not in a way that's shit. It
2: feels like an old film. It's really good. Great. Thoughts? Absolutely yeah. agree. W- w- right. w- Wish that I had seen it in the cinema, yes, I would say. of course. But, you know, which is true of all, everything, but yeah. very beautifully photographed and it would have been yeah. nice to see that on a big screen. And well, the music, great. oh, the music.
0: What a film. <laughs> <laughs> Fell in love with the music, listened to it, went for walks, listened to that music. Great film.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good film. Really well great done, great Rebecca film. Hull. Well
0: done, Rebecca Hall. Well, hey, hey, Rebecca Hall, well done. Because that's <laughs> a really good film. I've called it the greatest. Am I mad? Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh so while we're here what's the we don't like to be negative I really
2: don't like to be negative I do have an answer I guess no. we do what's the worst film 2021 for uh, you it, let, me, let me tell you something it gives me absolutely no pleasure to say this and I think mm. it it surprised me but I really did not like The Suicide Squad at all the new version no. of Suicide Squad and oh, that surprised that. me a lot because I really like James Gunn a lot yeah. Um and you know I would like the comic book films, I like the conceit of the Suicide Squad. I just thought that this film, I felt that it was too self-consciously trying to distance itself from superhero movies by... It just felt like watching somebody every so often go, does that offend you? Are you shocked by that? <laughs> um, this bloke just got eaten by a shark. Does that shock you? I, I just felt that it was... It, it sort of... Um, it, I felt that the entire enterprise collapsed under the weight of its desire to uh, subvert your expectations of a comic book film at the expense of just doing a film. uh, It's sort of full of charismatic actors, but none of that came through. I I thought it was boring, which I think is sort of unforgivable for those films. And maybe, maybe also I I am just oversaturated with comic book films. And this was the Mm. one that tipped me over the edge. So I'm also open to the idea because I know everyone else I know liked this movie yeah I, uh, it. I, I and I wonder whether I've just whether I've just been overexposed to them but I just felt that it was it was trying a little bit too hard to buck the conventions around it and mm-hmm. you know just somebody just saying fuck is not a joke like it reminded me of watching and <laughs> <I'm> doing <laughs> st- <laughs> very it much built a career of- on that how are you? <laughs> it re- <laughs> it reminded you? me <laughs> <laughs> it's tra- it's charming when you do it um, i thought that it was it, it reminded me of stand-up sets that i have watched and done uh, as a young comedian where just, you sort of forget that actually you have to write jokes and it's not just enough to go ooh pedos
0: you gotta believe in a good stuff you you walking on stage at the Oxford Playhouse and going, ooh, pedos, I guarantee you that's a fucking audience laughing. <laughs> you don't get it at all. That is funny. um what's <laughs> he word? Ooh, pedos.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm perfectly willing to accept that it might just be that I've oversaturated and I'm sure. very excited for... Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I like James Gunn a lot. I think that this one, I I just think that maybe they, I just think that maybe everybody just needs to just take a chill pill and maybe just ease up on the old comic (laughs) books.
0: I think, I think he's, it was fun. And I, I do love James Gunn and he likes violence a lot more than I like violence. But at least when I watch his violence, I go, well, you're taking so much joy in this Fairly. yeah yeah this yeah clearly yeah you clearly really are having fun and it does translate yeah. even to someone who doesn't like seeing people yeah. be hurt it's like well you're having a lot of fun here yeah yeah so there's always joy in his films in whatever film. yeah my worst film i hate to say that i love everyone involved blah 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 and this is me this is me uh it's house of gucci which was one of the hardest films How? to get through.
2: How can you ever say that this was a bad film?
0: I didn't understand. Uh, <laughs> I, the accent. You did not understand the word. I was like, what? Listen, here's the thing. This is why it's odd that this should be my worst film. I love weird, mad films. I love a film <laughs> that is weird and mad. And Gucci <laughs> is definitely weird and mad, but it's also fucking boring. And that, to make a... <laughs> To make a film that weird and mad that, that is boring is is sort of something's gone wrong because it should just be like, wow, I don't know what anyone is doing or what this is, yeah you know, what the tone of this is. I don't get it. I don't get the characters. The characters change. You know, Adam Driver suddenly is a completely yeah. different character 40 minutes in. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand anything that is happening and everyone's being very weird. And it feels like... I believe the word is camp, but I've never fully understood the where I use it. But as in, it kind of feels deliberately bad. Like there's something. Yeah, right, right, right. Kind of. uh, What is it? Is it camp? Like it's sort of shit. It's kind of. Yeah. Like it's deliberately trashy. Yeah, trashy. Yeah. Like
2: you can you can easily conceive of a version of that film that is great and was directed by John Waters.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. So it's got that, but then it's also goes on forever. (laughs) I guess if (laughs) I. I guess if I'd known what the ending was, like that that's where it was heading to, maybe that yeah. would have helped because I would have been like, oh, when's that thing going to happen? Because I didn't know anything yeah. about it. I was just like, fucking hell, now I'm watching, <laughs> now she's joining <laughs> up with this fucking guy. I, and, and I thought, I shouldn't say this. I, I won't say who or what. There's two characters in it that I thought were played by the same actor. <laughs> <laughs> And one of them was a boy and one of them was a girl. And I thought, <laughs> someone's in prosthetics playing this other
2: character. <laughs> or did you think it was like the clubs?
0: <laughs> yeah, which perked me up for a bit. I was like, oh, okay, this has gone really mad. And then I found out that it was actually just a different actor. <laughs> it's. Oh, I don't... I, but I also was like, maybe if you're into fashion and... I don't know, maybe they That's why I don't want to say... I, i'm in the wrong here i didn't get it but i was yeah. just so bored not getting it <laughs> sometimes i don't mind not getting it if i'm like that was just wild but this was like yeah yeah fucking hell two and a half hours <laughs> get on with it i don't know what's going on
2: <laughs> i think you have to i think it's fine to put all the caveats in but i definitely think if there's a point where especially someone who watches films in as close a detail as you thinks two characters are being played by the same actor like Eddie Murphy and The Nutty Professor that is a failure of the filmmaking
0: (laughs) I really thought oh okay so that's the twist like it's their brother and sister (laughs) (laughs) but they were two different completely different actors
2: (laughs) you're watching it hoping for a Norbit and being disappointed when you don't get one (laughs) Uh, what's the funniest <laughs> film of the year? I is I think know. that there are sort of probably two answers to that question. I think in terms of the film that made me laugh the most, it would probably be Bar and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, which is I, I have subsequently discovered somewhat of a divisive film conversation. <laughs> I'm collecting the anecdotes conversationally, but I thought it was really I I could watch. Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wiig do that for hours and hours and yeah, hours. Reba McIntyre turns up as a mermaid. Jamie Dornan singing a song. Jamie Dornan's fucking great in it. Yeah. it, it it's just um, the opening sequence with that little kid doing his paper round. Is, it, it's just, it, it, it reminded me of, it, it, even though this one, in spite of Kristen Wiig's background, was not based on an SNL sketch, it reminded me of something like a Wayne's World where, it's yeah. a sort of ca- character beat that's been pulled out and done for two hours, and I was absolutely delighted by it. I think probably the best comedy film of the year is probably Palm Springs. Yeah, I, I, I think shout that out that was to Palm a, Springs. Yeah, I think that was probably. I thought I just I thought that was a really you know again it's like. How do you spin a ground? It's funny to me that Groundhog Day is now a genre of film. Yeah. Like it is really interesting that, you know, because there's the Happy Death Day and Happy Mm -hmm. Death Day 2 You, which I'm a huge fan of both of those movies. It's very fun that Groundhog Day, a film, has now just become a genre of movie. And we do just call it a Groundhog Day. You know, it's like it's a Groundhog Day. But I thought (laughs) that in the context of that, I thought it was spun out very nicely. I think Christina Milot is great. I think he's Andy great. Sandberg is absolutely brilliant. I just think he's great. And I just think, I really hope people sort of did get into this movie. I believe it, it seemed like a lot of people watched it and especially because it came out here during another lockdown, that idea of the grinding repetition of waking up in the same place. Like, it felt like it had an extra mm-hmm. resonance for people. But um, I do, I do think it's really good. I, I, I love Palm Springs and I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. I
0: would have if you hadn't. I think it's fucking brilliant. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Free Guy.
2: Yeah. But, so is that your answer? Is Free Guy No, no that
0: is not my answer. That's my, no, my funniest film, which is really surprising, didn't expect it to be as funny as it is, is Riders of Justice, which is right. a Danish film with Mads Mikkelsen. And yeah. it's fucking funny. It's really, really funny. Laughs per, per minute. That's the film. Yeah, and it's deep and it's serious and it's everything, and it's definitely worth seeing. It's a very interesting film, but proper, proper funny, and maybe yeah. very, maybe funny because you're not expecting it to be such
2: a comedy because it is a drama. But you know, big laughs in that one. It, it. It's the opposite of another. It's the opposite of another round. Another like the other great Mad Mad movie of the year. Yeah, which yeah. you know it's like a start with, it, well, which it's, is like starts off. Well, it's a comedy premise. It's, yeah, it's a comedy premise. I think the great thing about that movie is. I would love to, like, just read the, like, see, like get the beat sheet, the scene by scene, because I think it perfectly mirrors the arc of a heavy night out, because it starts out really fun, really exciting. It gets more fun, really exciting. And then slowly it just gets darker and darker. Yes, it's true. <laughs> that film is the perfect experience of a night of
1: heavy drapes.
2: Drinking. all right
0: let's do a patreon section fuck it here we go do 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 welcome to the patreon section ah, oh you again come on in tell- thanks for
2: the extra money
0: patreon tell us a secret tell us a fucking secret
2: oh it's quite scary in the yeah, patreon it's quite scary the patreon i mean listen uh my secret which i don't think i've even told you is that i woke up in the middle of the night to see if you'd won an emmy ah uh, genuinely true uh, i like got up with a start. on that specific night on, or every, on, on that specific night. night yeah yeah every night I, <laughs> on that specific night i had gone to sleep and my body woke me up with a start and was like have a little look oh, and i had a little yes. look and he'd won an emmy and it was great and it was absolutely great and i would do, do not regret it in what the interrupted night's sleep in any way shape or form
0: your body was like something my, t- yeah <laughs>
2: I think it was because I was really thinking about it before I went to bed. Like I was really being like, "God, Brett could win an like Brett could win an Emmy tonight." And You're very sweet, and that's why I've had to murder you. And and so I think that's why my uh, my brain popped up. I mean, take from this what you will. But I also had the very similar emotional experience around Paul Thomas Anderson winning Best Original Screenplay because I thought that was going to happen. So my body also woke me up. Fortunately, it woke me up just after uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, so I did get to see the fallout of that in the room. Oh, you saw that uh, live? Yeah, anyway, no, I, I woke up what literally after it happened. And you were like, "Why is everyone um, being so shifty? Yeah, why is everyone? Why, <laughs> why is the atmosphere you, you, really bad? <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you've been to enough gigs where at yeah, points yeah. you are the cause of said atmosphere, <laughs> even yeah. on the telly, you could go something's really off. Yeah, yeah, you really
0: could, <laughs> <laughs> you know." Um <laughs> what is here we go some good, good ones here i've got what about you what's the best? Got some good opening ones opening
2: to a film this year <sighs> three, three words, one. Brett, three words mm-hmm. Drive my car because <laughs> sure. the, the opening of Drive my Car is a whole film that happens for forty oh, okay, minutes you were talking yeah, that happens <laughs> for forty minutes, and then the opening credits appear, and I watched <laughs> it in a completely. I think almost sold out screening at the Prince Charles and people laughed at the sheer audacity of having <laughs> the credits appear at 40 minutes. And I thought it was just absolutely brilliant. Just great. <laughs> what's your, what's your best? Uh, opening? My best opening. I've realized that
0: nearly, I think all of my answers to these are, are musical based. My best opening is Annette. Annette yeah. starts similar to the film, Jesus Christ Superstar in a way. <laughs> I was just realizing that Annette starts with, it goes, may we start, may we start, and you're in a studio, in a music studio, and he goes, so may we start, and then this song begins, did, 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 and the song the, pretty much repeats the lyric, may we start, may we start, and then the actors from right. the film appear, and then it's all sort of done in one take, and then the camera yeah. comes out into the street, and then the cast and crew of Annette appear, and that, may we start, yeah. may we start. Where we start the film and the lyrics are sort of very aware and they go, you know, we're nervous and we haven't got enough budget. But where we start and and it's building (laughs) and building and building, and then uh Adam Driver gets on his motorbike, like spy to his friends in the car, like, I'm off to start the film and he and he goes off. Yeah, yeah. And it's fucking great. That's right. That's a good idea. Best set piece in a film. Not the beginning or the ending, somewhere in the middle. What are you gonna go for? Can I have two? I think a bit yes. Uh, one is the uh, I Am a Revolutionary
2: scene from Judas Ooh. And the Black Messiah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. And I'm a classic film that came out very early in the year in the UK yeah. and yeah. got left off a lot of best of the year lists. Yeah. Fucking great movie. And that speech. Yeah. And I I've heard a story of like uh, Daniel Kalia doing
0: that in when they went to get financing for the film, I believe. And he right, sort of did okay. that in the room and they went, take all our money. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. He is fucking brilliant. And that scene is yeah. like, you are completely swept up in it. You as audience are like, yes, I am. Yeah. I want in. Like,
2: it's, yeah, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, It's that thing where like, it's the hardest thing when, you know, when you're watching something, when you're watching something happen that's supposed to be people reacting to either phenomenal charisma or even yeah. singing talent, anything like that. It's such a difficult thing because you're supposed to, you mm. know, you you're completely reliant on the performer in that moment. You know, yeah. there's nothing you can do. There's nothing even like you, you can definitely enhance it with the filmmaking, but there is something about you. You can't fake that level of charisma. It's yeah. incredible. And he's, you know, Fred Hampton is like, he died at 23. I think, you know, he's this prodigious Talent who was so smart and so driven and had so many important, significant ideas about race and economics, but was also this incredible communicator. And I mean, it's that scene is wolf. Uh, yeah.
0: what is uh, my other, my other, yeah, uh, favorite set piece is uh, Last Night in Soho, the yes, middle, the sequence when she goes to sleep for the first time and is taken back in time, and it all happens in one shot. And there is a dance that happens where within the camera, special effects wise, no special effects as in it all happened live. The actors switch as they're yeah. spun around on the dance floor, they switch in and out. And it reminded me of seeing Our House, my favourite show, <laughs> with the way yeah. they did quick changes with casting that. I love that sort of thing. And it's so thrilling, that whole sequence of her going back in time on this yeah. long, long steadicam. And there's that nice shot of her walking
2: down the walking yeah. down the stairs and, sh- and it's the She's young mirage. girl in the reflection.
0: Yeah. yeah. As a, as a set piece, just that sequence alone, I was like, that is the best thing Edgar Wright's done. I think that, that piece is fucking brilliant. You could watch it a hundred times. Still. And and I, I've watched a thing where he explains how they did it. And I still yeah. don't. It's like watching Penn and Teller Cause you're like, yeah, you say that, <laughs> but how the fuck <laughs> did you do that? You know what I mean? It's really good. And also, I think there's something magical about you're watching something live, basically, because the camera person is having to be part of this dance. The actors, everyone has to do their bit at exactly the right moment with everything has to be perfect for a shot like that to work. And so there's something thrilling about it. You experience that. That's something that's hard to capture. The thrill of live performance, you sort of get a feel for it in that shot, I think. Maybe that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, what's your best set piece?
2: Well, if it, it sort of feels cheap to call this a set piece in a way, but it's the bit in Summer of Soul. Yes, it, th- yeah, it feels weird to call it a set a set piece, but it's when M- Mahalia Jackson invites Mavis Staples on stage to sing Martin Luther King's favorite hymn to sing the mm-hmm. hymn that Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson comes out and tells the story of Dr. King. Mm. Suggesting that they play uh, Precious Lord Take My Hand the moment before he is shot dead. And then and so, like, it, that you know, that's enough. Like that it, it, like already, this is the most extraordinary piece of footage you've ever seen. Yeah. But then Mahela Jackson comes on stage and then you hear Mavis Staples talk about how she idolized Mahela Jackson and then Mayla Jackson invites, says that she's not feeling good. And you can see her sort of talking to Mavis Stables on stage, but you're hearing all of this in Mavis Stables recounting of it. So there's that double thrill of watching it and having somebody reflect on it and their emotional state as it's happening. You know, like everybody's, because Jesse J- Jackson has just described Martin the King's death. He uses the phrase, the bullet had severed his spine. You know, it's, it's so visceral. And then Mahela Jackson says that she just isn't feeling up to it. It's this feels like it might also be this kind of passing of the torch moment. And it's lovely because Mavis Saples, it's her hero, is asking her to come and perform. So it's all so loaded. And then maybe Saples and mahalia Jackson singing Precious Lord Take My Hand is just, just, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. I One of the most fortunate things in a fairly, I think we would say incredibly fortunate life is, I saw Mavis Staples sing live. Oh, I saw wow. her do The Wait live uh, in like in a television studio and it, her voice is just, it just mm-hmm. cuts right through you. And the film ca- catches that incredibly. And so just just as a, the performance that Mahela Jackson and Mavis Staples do is extraordinary enough, but the circumstances and the, preamble by Jesse Jackson is, I mean, it's the most extraordinary thing I saw in any film uh, last year.
0: Excellent answer. Excellent. For every minute of that film is just like,
2: Oh yes, please. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. There's a, that, the answer to that question could have been about five sequences all yeah. from Summer of Salt. Cause I also think the bit when you see Stevie Wonder, he's sort of playing his yeah. old stuff, but he's plugged the um Wawa pedal into the electric keyboard, into the electric piano, and you go, Oh, he's discovered the sound of superstition. He doesn't know it yet. Like you're watching somebody, you very rarely get to see a talent in mid step. Like you either see the, uh, you either have the footage at the early stage or you have the complete thing. And what you're watching is Stevie Wonder like about to discover talking book, songs in the key of life. You're seeing somebody as they're stepping into a whole different phase of their creativity. You know, that whole movie is unbelievable. It is very good. What is the best ending closing sequence to a film
0: in 2021?
2: It it had to be power of the dog for me just because again, I watched it felt that I was watching a very well-made thing, felt the acting was lovely, felt that it was really all well mounted, but wasn't necessarily hitting me on a visceral level. Then the film ends. You realize you've watched a completely different film. It completely hoodwinked me and I just thought it was extraordinary. I just, you know, I thought it was great. And you know what? Really brilliant ending. The fir- but the, the first line of the film tells you how the film was going to end. Mm-hmm. And I somehow missed it. And it, it played a trick on me. Great to see Cumbers doing some full because I mean he's done stuff. Sherlock, Magic Sherlock, Racist <laughs> Sherlock. He's you know, do you know what I mean? Like
0: <laughs> Racist Sherlock. Who's racist, Sherlock?
2: <laughs> Dominic Cummings. I think we probably have to whack it allegedly on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> let, well, let me rephrase this. We've seen Cummings. We've seen Cumbers do Sherlock. We've seen him do Doctor Strange, Magic Sherlock. We've yeah. seen him do Dominic Cummings, Brexit Sherlock. We've seen him do even his Alan Turing, is computer Sherlock. But like yeah. when you Power and, of the uh, Dog, I saw the the courier spy Sherlock. Spy Sherlock. But yeah. Power of the Dog. That and dude is, I mean, really good. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it was great because he didn't, all of his stuff was, all of his Sherlock-y, mm. Sherlock-isms were all turned off. He—it he, was. Good, isn't it? I mean, man, that's a hell of a performance. But they, I mean, they're all, you know, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith-McPhee, they're all extraordinary. But yeah, the ending just completely changes the complexion of the movie and Cumberbatch is fucking incredible. Mm. What's your best it, ending?
0: My best ending is another round. Another Round.
2: Oh, yes. Another
0: Round. Yes. And again, it's a musical one. It makes you think, perhaps I, I just like things with songs in. But <laughs> it is, uh, it's like a book with songs. But uh, <laughs> the end of Another Round. Another Round is such an interesting film because if you don't know what it's about, it's about a group of uh, middle-aged men sort of having a midlife crisis who decide yeah. to do an experiment to be a little bit drunk all the time. Mm. and it, it is like a sort of high-concept comedy. You can see a sort of Will Ferrell version of that film that's really totally. wild and wacky and wacky, yeah. and it's actually quite subdued and melancholy. And what is odd about it is it's also fairly ambiguous. Like, it it also, you would assume, oh, mm. also it's an anti-alcohol film. And it mm. isn't, re- it sort of kind of goes, yeah, and no. It, no, it doesn't really come down either way. And then this end, which is Mads Mikkelsen dancing, dancing yeah. at a graduation as sort of around some kids who are graduating and just kind of drinking again and having a, an amazing dance yeah. and, then, and then jumping in the city. Oh, it's fucking great. And it, it's all, yeah. what does it mean? <laughs> what does any yeah. of it mean? There's a very sad, I'm sure you know this, but the, the director's daughter very sadly died like three days into filming that film. And they, yeah. you know, they stopped filming for a good few months and then came back together to do it. And I think maybe this is just reading stuff into it, but that sense of kind of sadness and melancholy is all over the film. And I don't know if the film would have been the same had that not happened. Maybe the original was much more yeah. raucous, and I don't know. I really don't know. That's all. That's all guesswork in it. But it's um, quite a lovely, odd film. Another round, and that ending is.
2: Right. Yeah, but it's sort of like all of our relationship with if you're, if you're not teetotal, it sort of is your relationship with alcohol, really. Is that if you're neither teetotal nor an alcoholic, hmm. your relationship with alcohol is you sort of just keep doing it, and as you get older and older, you realize it's a bad thing, but you still keep doing it, you know, like that's yeah. that. And you watch it, you sort of if, if you're fortunate enough not to have addiction problems yourself, you you will, you just won't. avoid seeing firsthand how it destroys, And it does, you know, it does consume one of the characters in the film and it it does kill him in the end. And, but Mads Mikkelsen at the end is back drinking and that's it's difficult because it it just is a lot of us than the way that we've lived.
0: Well done soldier. Uh, Do you want to do your top 10? Are there, there, why don't you do your top 10? Do you do your top 10?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've got my top 10. Can we have 11? Yeah. Go for it. You go first. Okay. I'll try and make a 10, but it depends on what your 10 are. Well, okay, I'll do 10. And then mm-hmm. if, if you feel that we have to have a bonus 11th, okay. I will also add a bonus 11. So my top 10, number 10, Spider-Man No Way Home. it. Number nine, Summer of Soul. Perfect. Number eight, Black Bear. Number seven, The Father. No, number six, you. Power of the Dog. <laughs> yes, please. Number five, Judas and the Black Messiah. You can have it. Number, yes, four, it. number four, Minari. Number three, Petit Maman. Number two, Come On, Come On. And number one, Drive My Car.
0: (sighs) Fascinating list. Do you think it's interesting? We haven't talked about it. Why is Nomadland not on
2: that list? I am very interested in having this conversation, 100%. It is very interesting that Nomadland is. not, And I do think Nomadland is a good movie. It's very interesting because also we haven't actually ended up talking about the last two Best Picture winners, and they were both 2021 releases. Uh, so Nomadland and Coda. So Coda, which won yeah. the 2022 Best Picture Oscar, was also a 2021 release. Was it? And, yeah, and I mean, I the thing that I would say about Coda is it's very... Well performed. It sort of feels like a film from the nineteen nineties. Uh, you know, in in the way that it it feels like it has story beats from a kind of nineteen nineties movie, and it reminded me of it. Structurally, is quite similar to Bend It Like Beckham, um, yeah. and it I thought that with a lot, as with a lot of that movie, it was we want I wanted to stay with the deaf performers because I thought they were the really interesting thing in that film. And actually when she's singing in the school, you're like, oh, get out. I can't be bothered with this. <laughs> you know, like the mum and dad and the dynamic yeah. between her and the mum and dad is the interesting thing in that movie. And every time we pull away from it, we're back in quite a boring nineties high school movie. But I- with Nomadland, I mean, I I thought it was really good. I thought Nomadland was really good, but it, for whatever reason, and maybe it's suffered from the fact that, because it's so beautifully photographed, maybe it suffered from the fact that I didn't see it in the cinema. And that's maybe why it hadn't stayed with me in the same way. But I did think it was a really good movie. It was just a very strong year for films.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Neverland. I think Neverland is great. Again, it's a film that isn't quite the film I expected it to be, as in I sort of thought it would be more depressing than it is. And it's actually no, yeah. lovely again, and has sort of quite.
2: And she's she's just got a very mischievous on-screen presence. Yeah, you know, like no this. So it and it does stop it from becoming just a sort of it could be quite one-note and quite miserable. But she, it would definitely hmm. be my eleventh movie, and it does just. I do think that it. Um, I do think that it isn't as miserable as it could have been because I think Frances McDormand really just is just has this kind of very cheeky energy.
0: This is a nightmare, isn't it? I'm looking at my list. I wanted Minari on it and I don't have it, but yeah. you've at least had Minari. So at least we've acknowledged. Yeah. We all, we all like Minari, all right? <laughs> Minari's very good.
2: Really great. Great, g- great kid. Another great kid performance. Great kid. You don't act like a real grandma. Love I
0: really like that film. And I re- you know what else I really like in that film? I liked, and I don't know how they did it, seeing the farm grow. Over the course of the film. Yeah. The actual sort of mechanics of the farm. Yeah. But I like all that stuff. Like a bit. Of and physics. when you
2: talk about a really, really amazing analogy, like the idea of the minari, the weed that you can mm. sort of plant anywhere and it'll grow as a kind of metaphor for immigrant communities is it is mm. really beautiful and really, really lovely.
0: Yeah, I'm putting that I'm putting that back in now. <laughs> Okay, oh, then I've lost Nomadland. Look, I really like Nomadland. I think it's great, all right? I'm sorry it's not on the Yeah, we love Nomadland. We love Nomadland. Right. We love Nomadland. I don't know why we make sense a thing of it. We love Nomadland. <laughs> it's just there are other films we also love, all right? I'm not sure about this order. All right, at 11, Minari. At 10, Annette. At 9, Summer of Sol. Oh, am I sure about this? Have I missed something? Hang on, What? what how many have I done?
2: 4 Next You've done 11... Uh, Nine ten.
0: <laughs> 11 out to ten. At eight, around eight. Yeah, pig. Yeah. At seven, The Lost Daughter, which we haven't talked about.
2: Yeah,
0: we'll talk about that, shall we? At six, Petit Maman. At five, Beautiful. West Side Story. At four, Power of the Dog. At three, Judas and the Black Messiah. At two, Promising Young Women. and at one, Passing. Oof, difficult decisions. I'm not even sure about any of them anymore.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure we've had a year. I guess it's a testament to how many good movies came out in 2021. Yeah. But I'm not sure we've had a year where our number one films weren't in each other's list at all. The Lost Daughter. Let's briefly talk about it. You seen it? No. Tell me about okay. it. Well, another, uh,
0: similar to Tessa Thompson in passing, A another great bit of a character watching. So much of the film yeah. is Olivia Coleman watching this other family. And... Why the Lost da- One of the reasons Lost Daughter is great is because you don't see characters like this in films. She's a very yeah. tricky, unlikable, difficult character. And there's a moment in it that maybe would be my horror in my- where, that is so shocking and it's such a small kind of social thing that I was just like, oh my God, this is the most disturbing thing <laughs> where <laughs> Olivia Coleman's on a sun lounger, she's on holiday, and this family turn up, this quite noisy family. She's sort of on her own on this beach. This noisy family turn up on their holiday and they're like setting up deck chairs and they're having, it's clearly a birthday. And one of them comes over to Olivia Com and says, would you mind, uh, we're all together. Would it be possible for you to move to, to that deck, you know, that deck chair yeah, So a- then we can all be together. And Olivia Coleman says, no, I don't want to move. And it's so, like, you're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> just move. And they, and the person goes, oh, you know, it would just it's just because we're all together. It would be because yeah. I don't want to move. And it's so tense. <laughs> and you're like, just fucking move. Oh, my God. Why are you fighting this? That's the most stressful scene in cinema history. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, it's a british it's,
0: nightmare yeah, it's a british nightmare just get off the fucking uh anyway that's a very interesting film and that and again i would compare it weirdly to like uncut gems where you're uh, uncut jams where you're like uncut jams where you're like i haven't i haven't seen a film with these sort of characters in you know what i mean like even if you're not yeah. like on board on side with them you go. This is yeah. this, this is this is light. this is these people are in the world and we don't see them in. It's a very interesting yeah. film and good. I like it. Anyway, anything else we haven't discussed?
2: I, I feel very strongly about. I actually rewatched Drive My Car to make sure uh, that it was number one. It's number one, baby. It did a lot of stuff to me. That movie, like it, for whatever reason, it did a thing that I really like that I think we talked about a few years ago, whenever we talked about the portrait of a woman on fire, hmm. the idea of like reclaiming high art from being something really boring. Cause like I studied Chekhov at university and I was bored so as so. hell by it. And the yeah. first thing that I thought when I came out of this movie is i got to read some Chekhov. Cause that, <laughs> that, that guy knew some shit. I, it, um, but I just found, I found the restraint in all of the characters incredibly moving I thought this, there was a se. There's a sequence where it, there's a, a, a mute character in the film oh, who yeah. he casts in his play. And there's a scene where they just go and have a nice dinner at her and her husband's house. And it's, uh, and the girl who is driving him around, you know, he doesn't want to be driven. She's driving him around. He's grieving his lost wife who dies in the first 40 minute short film that starts the film. And she's just playing with a dog. And it's just a really nice, sweet scene in the middle of the film. But what I felt was an incredibly depressing film. There is something very hopeful and beautiful about the ending of that movie. And the idea that you could sort of love somebody, even though you didn't really know parts of their character, and that sometimes you have to forgive yourself for doing things that you did to survive a particular situation and then that that kind of last monologue that precedes the coda of the movie you know the the final monologue of his kind of rewritten version of Uncle Vanya i just think is one of the most moving things i've ever seen in a film and it's delivered by the mute character in sign language and that amazing it's 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 if it, 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 i thought it was just a showstopper of a moment and this idea yeah. this line the line where she says we'll live through the long long days i mm. just think there, there was something so beautiful and optimistic, but real realistic optimism, you know, an optimism that understands that things are going to happen. People are going to let you down. You're going to let people down. There are moments that you're not going to be able to reason with the things that have happened to you and to people around you. But You know, it's just an unlikely moment of union between two very different films, because ultimately the message of Drive My Car and the message of Come On, Come On is whatever happens, sometimes you do just have to come on, come on and live through the long, long days. And I think there's something so really, really beautiful about a film that is about such messy and complicated characters who choose optimism. And the way that it's expressed is so beautifully cinematic, and, and you know, in complete silence, you're just watching sign language. It's—I just thought it was extraordinary. Just absolutely floored me. It, it, you know, it was—it was just a sort of gut punch of a film at the end. You know, you, you, to choose to be hopeful feels like such a something so radical after what the characters have been put through in that movie.
0: Very good. You're very good. You're very good. I mean, it's why it's why it's why you keep coming back, <laughs> keep coming back. It works if you work it. What is what is your favorite film?
2: Has to be Drive by Car. Okay. What's your favorite film?
0: I fucking don't know. Any- I think it's Promising Young Woman, but I I like all the films that we've talked about.
2: So let's take Promising you know, Young Woman. You know, I get I get the sort of um, I understand that there are like real concerns and stuff going straight to streaming and. Mm. you know, some non-franchise or non-action movies, you know, being, I understand there are very legitimate reasons to be concerned about the future of cinema, but like, definitely when you look at the films that came out in 2021, mm. you're like, oh, the quality of the films is definitely not the issue here. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the quality and it's variety of films being made. Yeah. It's distribution and it's, yeah. get, it's getting people to see them, but like if people are making such like cool and interesting and varied stuff. Nishkuma, you've been wonderful as
0: always. Now, when you complimented me on winning an award <laughs> and I choked you to death with my bare hands. <laughs> uh, and then I just fucking just, just, choked you until you died because uh, I couldn't take it. And then I was stood right there and I had a coffin with me, you know, what I'm like, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I've just killed Nish. I sort of came out of the fog. What? Why did I kill? I love Nish. Why did I do it? And I remembered, oh, yeah, he tried to say something nice to me. I uh, don't regret it. And I stuff you in the, in the in the coffin that I had with me anyway. I mean, that should have been a warning sign. Don't start trying to say something nice to me. I'm carrying a coffin. Put you in. Smash you all in there. And uh, there's more than I was expecting. Uh, I don't know why, because I hadn't seen you in a while and you've... Um, been you were you you were wearing your uh, whacking phoenix in command uh full body suit. Uh, there's only enough room for me to put one DVD in the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. What film will you take to show everyone when they say, "Nish, show us a film from 2021, please."
2: It's for me, oh, it's so hard because it could be certainly it could easily be any of the top three that I pick Petit maman, Come On Come On or Drive My Car I will say just today how I'm feeling and it's possibly because I've seen it again most recently but I will, will say Drive My Car
0: Okay I would take Summer of Soul because I know how to show people a good time <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, sure. What's really funny? What's really funny about that speech is that the I, the premise of that speech is life is really hard, but then you get to heaven and you understand that the suffering was all worth it, and you feel okay about it. But then if you get to heaven, and I'm making you watch, you fucking <laughs> drive my car again. You're you might master. think, Jesus, it wasn't worth living through the long, long days.
0: Uh. Nish Kumar, what a pleasure and a joy we've done over two hours. Will this be a two-parter? Probably.
2: Well done. Listen, if you fancy coming to see me on tour, the tickets are at nishkumar.co.uk. If you live in New York, there are tickets available uh, for the uh, shows on the 19th, 20th, 21st and 23rd. Anything else? New York City, baby. Uh, No, Apart from that, no. Nish, I love you. Thank you for your time. I love you, Brett. And I will
0: see you tomorrow <laughs> or the next day.
2: <laughs> it's weird. Well, it's nearly time for us to record the best of 2015. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I don't want to call it. It's too early to call it, but I've already called it. It's mass. But it's so early. It's May. Come on. <laughs>
2: So we've early.
0: got a year and, well,
2: and a half it's to nice think about this. It's nice to put this. It's nice to put this, yeah, <laughs> nice this timestamp down, yeah. and we can see uh, and we can see where we uh, where we wind up. All right. Uh, well done. Good day to you. We live through the long, long days forever.
0: Good day to you, sir. Bye. <laughs> so that was episode 199. Head over to Patreon.com/slash forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra chat, secrets, and videos. Don't forget to get your tickets for the live show at the Hackney Empire July 2nd. Tickets at hackneyempire.co.uk or plosive.co.uk. Thank you so much to Nish for giving me his time. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAS for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for episode 200. What are we going to do? We've made it to 200. What are we going to do? I've got a plan, but I'm not going to tell you it. I guess you'll have to tune in then. Thank you all for listening. I really hope you're well. And, uh, you know, that's it for now. But in the meantime, have a lovely week. And please be excellent to each other.